You're listening to the official Khan and Cans podcast powered by ACAST, the world's largest independent podcast company. G'day, bonjour. I'm your host, Bryce Crosswell, Victorian Group Sales Lead here at ACAST, and I'm ready to bring you on the journey of Khan and Cans presented by Pinterest. Well, 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 day two is heating up. Uh, we have a huge number of key speakers from the event joining the podcast today. Uh, up next is John Safran, writer and film director who, quote unquote, always gets in too deep for his own good. Spicy, spicy. Uh, John has won the Ned Kelly Award for Best True Crime with his debut book, Murder in Mississippi, and his wild and hilarious documentaries have received accolades from the likes of the Australian Film Institute. John, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Ah, it's a pleasure. Now, your latest book, Puff Piece, uh, do you want to take the listeners through uh, the book and what it's all about? Um, yeah, Philip Morris, the world's biggest cigarette company, the Melbro people, uh, I, I read a full-page ad in the papers um, from them saying they were shutting down as a cigarette company and relaunching as a health enterprise. And I was like, oh. And I thought, oh, well, maybe this is happening. Like maybe it's like the end of apartheid in South Africa. Like there's, there's big plot twists in the world and it makes sense. Like everyone's always hassling cigarettes as the world's biggest killer. And, uh, yeah, but then I dug a little deeper and I found out that you can't always take the mel- makers of Melbourne cigarettes on face value. Yeah. Sometimes there's a sneaky second agenda, so, which is, so it's so insane. What, what makes it insane is it's such a little tangled, tricky, ingenious thing they're doing that me having to explain it in the simplest way, I sound like a lunatic, like yeah, a crazy yeah, person. like that. Yeah. So... Their, their thing is they're trying to move people off cigarettes. That's what they say. So they say, they actually say, we're just like quit Victoria yeah. or whatever the Khan's equivalent of that. <laughs> and, you know, we're like the World Health Organization. We're like the Heart Foundation. We, we've got the same, we've got the same motive as them. We want to move people off cigarettes, but we're actually better than them because they're just saying, I'll oh, quit cigarettes whilst we're saying we've got a new device that will help you get off cigarettes. Yes. So we're actually better people at Melbourne Cigarettes. And this device is? Well, this is where it gets complicated because it's not a vape. So if it was a vape, that would make this a bit easier to go. So what they've come up with, they've come up with this thing and it's looks like a cigarette. Yeah. And it's, as well as looking like a cigarette, it's tobacco rolled in paper with a filter at one end that you plant between your lips inhaling nicotine and tobacco into your lungs and then exhaling this cloud that looks suspiciously like smoke. But they say it's not a cigarette. They say it's a heat stick. And, uh, and by, so, so they're saying so we're not. So they've just rebranded the cigarette. Yeah, they've renamed the cigarette. And what their argument is, because this is how they say it's different, that you, you slot it into this device, this like that you plug into the wall, and it heats up the tobacco to an incredible degree that it produces this thing that looks incredibly like smoke, but they claim it isn't smoke. But they say because it doesn't actually catch a light, it only heats up to an incredible degree, it doesn't catch a light. So therefore they say, this is what they say, it doesn't combust. So therefore it's not producing smoke. And smoke is the thing that kills you in a conventional cigarette. And so therefore, and they can't say this because it would be against the law, but they do everything that you fill in the, the gaps in your mind yourself. And it's like, oh, this is uh, healthier than a cigarette. 
Yeah, wow. <laughs> that has blown that has blown my mind. And to give you an idea, this is what and the book, I really started engaging, like I was just curious about this ad and I wanted to follow it. And when I started digging, I was like, oh, this is so weird. And I really started engaging with it when I started realizing it's about words. Like so much about this is about words. Like for instance, they say um that that, that puff that comes out of your mouth, it's aerosol. Yeah. It's not smoke. It's aerosol. And, uh, but then I looked up the definition of aerosol in the dictionary. It gives a definition. It gives examples of aerosols and one of them is smoke. So I'm going, oh, hang on. So just because it's aerosol doesn't mean it's smoke. And they just keep on doing all these tricky word games. So for instance, uh, for instance, another one that they do is I went down this whole rabbit hole of, uh, is it smoke or is it not smoke? You know, because once I realized aerosols are smoke and then it clicked after I was reading all this, after months and everything, that the thing that kills you in a cigarette is not smoke as such. It's the tar in the smoke. Yeah. So therefore the real question isn't that. So they've sent me on this wild goose chase of like, is it smoke? Is it not smoke? And then it's like, hang on. Okay. Let's say this isn't smoke. If, if this not smoke still contains tar, like who cares if it's smoke or it's not smoke? Yeah. It still contains- It's all the, about the tar. Yeah, it's all about the tar. myself, I'm like nicotine, there's still nicotine there. Like, isn't that the damaging piece in- Oh yeah, well, there's still nicotine there. Oh my God, with the word games. And, and even, even, even trying to get to the bottom of, is there tar there? If you look up their ingredients on their page of what's in there, you don't see tar because they've changed the word tar to nicotine-free dry particulate matter. Of course they have. And um, so, and it's so tricky. And I even read a legit scientific paper. So someone who's like, I don't have a scientific mind or whatever. And they were trying to take down Philip Morris. So this, this scientific paper was against Philip Morris. Yep. And even they got tripped up by the fact that the name had been changed to nicotine free dry particulate matter. Yeah. And as you say, this product still has nicotine in it. And how insane is this? This is how, how, brilliant they are, um, even though this product has nicotine in it, which like everyone just knows, like nicotine's, you know, this yeah. can't be good if it's got nicotine. That's yeah, what's yeah, in yeah, a cigarette, yeah. right? They've isolated the bit, the tar, that doesn't have nicotine <laughs> and they've called it nicotine-free dry particulate matter. So they get to have this product, which is the ultimate infamous nicotine product, yeah. the cigarette rebranded as a heat stick. Yeah, yeah. And they get to and they isolate the bit in this nicotine product that isn't got nicotine in it and they call it nicotine free. So now they can they can badge the expression nicotine free wow. on this nicotine product. They're madness, so brilliant. Madness, madness. But I love the way that your mind works. You know, going back to that theme of words. Yeah. You know, where did your love of words and writing and, you know, did you want to become an author at a very young age? Um, I always wanted to do something creative, like since primary school. And yeah. I was always like trying to, I was like one of those kids that was trying to draw comic strips. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I couldn't draw, even though I bought the How to Draw Bugs Bunny book from Coles. <laughs> and then like I tried to write little skits. And then I was like, when I was in high school, I joined bands and I'd audition. I, I was like trying, I didn't quite know what I was doing. And then I kind of fell into uh documentary making and then it all came together it was like this thing where i go into the real world so it's got this energy of being in the real world and and then but i'm sort of like 
it's my take on it and I'm like a character in there and I'm like, like for instance, in this book, I'm like a regular journalist. I just do all the wrong things. Yep. Like I, I accept a junket from Philip Morris and like, you know, like <laughs> I buy shares in Philip Morris. I just do all this stuff because like the troll in my head loves it. Like it's like, oh, so the person reading the book's like, oh, that's not right. Oh God, but I, I, I'm confused. Cause he's trying to take them down, but he's doing all these bad things. To, but yeah. is it good or bad? Undercover. Yeah, undercover. So, um, and with with writing, it really was a process of elimination, going through all the things I couldn't do. Can't draw Bugs Bunny. Yep. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be a rapper. Tick. I tried all these things, and then I ended up being like a, a doco maker and a writer, and that seemed to be my thing. I used to work in advertising. That was the, one of the first jobs I had after, um, like I left high school as a copywriter and I, I didn't know how to draw. So I just had to be a copywriter and everyone else knew how to be an art director and a copywriter. Yeah. That, but so, but then that was like this mind trick where everyone's like, Oh, he must be good because like everyone else has to be an art director and a copywriter. Yeah, yeah. And sort of like, he's just confidently going, no, I'm just a writer. <laughs> when really it was like, I would have preferred to have been an art director too, yeah, but I, I can't, can't draw. draw. Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I can't draw. I, I can't draw so badly that if I draw with my wrong hand, it looks better than if I draw with my right hand because with my wrong hand, at least there's some charm of it being like wrong. Yeah. Whilst my right hand, it's all over and it's just it's bad. It's just wrong. It's awful. It's yes. I wish we were filming this today. <laughs> I wish this was somewhat a visual medium so we could get you to draw. We might we might post it up on my LinkedIn. Who knows? <laughs> um, mate, look, oh, I'd love to talk about your time as an admin, um, you know, what are your views on the state of creativity in Australia at the moment? Oh, well, when you, when I, cause I, I worked like intensely as this copywriter for a couple of years and your whole brain becomes, uh, or my brain at least, I was like, whenever I like drive past a tram and I'd see an ad, I'd just go, I, I know there's a reason for all of that. And I was like yeah. trying to decode the reasoning behind it all. But then finally, after about 10 years, finally you stop doing that and you can just like drive past the tram like everyone else. So my thing about advertising today, I just say, it seems pretty good. Yep. Like cans, cans in cans seems yeah, like a good yeah. wordplay. Yeah. That's pretty, you know, that's spot on. So yeah, yeah I like it. And, and creativity as a whole, you know, obviously I feel like after the pandemic, people have had access to do different things that they might not have done. Yeah. You know, how do you see creativity as a whole, you know, in Australia today? I think a, a good tip for people if they they want to do something creative and they're kind of in a hot is just get out of the house and go into the world yeah. and just things happen. So, uh, and, and by that I mean like like for instance, what like I did a book book on extremists, right? Uh, where I hung out with these extremists, and because I was hanging out with them, like all this funny stuff can happen and like I don't have to be whiny and judgy like you know like I can hang out with a white supremacist and they say something like totally ridiculous or all you know ridiculous and racist and I find out their girlfriend or their wife is Asian and it's like oh that and, and I can just sort of I don't have to be like finger wagging about it I can just like let it speak for itself and there's all this energy there whilst if you're like at home and you're just on the computer and you're trying to look for extremists or whatever like there's Nothing you can do but kind of almost like do an arms right race of anger and self-righteousness and sort of judginess or whatever like that, yeah, which yeah. I think is like less, well, less effective and also just on a creative level, it's sort of, um, it's less fun yeah. or whatever. And, yeah, so if you just go out into the world, 
you start, um, uh, you start, yeah, the world can kind of take over. And you, yes, does that make sense? It does. And cool. good tip for all those creatives <laughs> listening: the pandemic is over. Yes, get out there and um, enjoy the world. Now, lastly, mate, the theme—you probably don't know this—but the theme of this conference is turning an idea into an I did. Yeah. You now, what's an idea you're currently working on that you're looking at turning into an I did? Oh, well, I've got two things on, but they've both been green lit. So does that count? Or because it's, it's, it, has that become an I did because it's being green lit? I reckon we roll with it. If it's, okay. if it's fresh in your mind, let's roll with it. <laughs> and so I, I'm, I've got a, I, I kind of, like, I, like I'm trying to think whether I'm allowed to say what they are. Because this makes it sound really arrogant. Like, well, oh, my be, God, it's be, so special. This could be groundbreaking, John. So this special. could be the like, release of something I can't say new. this. I can't say But I'm really like maybe I can't say it just sort of like out of politeness to the funders, if you know what I mean. But I'm doing a documentary for um, SBS at the moment. Right. Straight after here I'm going to the Kimberley in Western Australia. Fantastic. And I'm also doing a cookbook, but it's got a, it's got a twist, of course. It's not, it's not how to poison someone, but it's got, it's got a twist or whatever. So, uh, we, yeah, but I, I want to work out how to do ideas, ideas that like stress me out less. Cause like, but I, I don't know how, I, like writing books is just such a hard slog, but it's like rewarding and I really like, I'm not whining. I mean, goddamn, so many people would love the opportunity. Yeah. So I'm very respectful of and very grateful and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I really wish I could kind of come across an idea that was like less like a knot in my back and the hairline going back. Maybe um, the idea could be coming up with a solution for that knot in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, talk to me more about this cookbook, please. Because <laughs> knowing you, you've gone out and hung out with white supremacists. Well, I think it's a white supremacist cookbook. Yeah. And now you're making a cookbook. Are you getting out in the world and really oh, yeah. getting yourself into into a pickle? Yes, well, I've already. It's yeah, it's 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 going to be quite contentious. I think. Also, you never know. And also, do you know if you do a book and there's something that's really uncomfortable in it that people don't want to address? So it's a book. Everyone can pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. So wipe, wipe it free. Yeah, pardon. Wipe wipe it away. Wipe yeah, it yeah, free. yeah. Like people can. Just, I, I've I've like written things in my last two books, um, which I've just been surprised have not kind of blown up in the real world, and it's like. People would have known about them and it was just like, oh, this too hard. John's just, John's just put up something that's too complicated and stuff. Like, for instance, I, this isn't it, but things along this line, like in my book about extremists, like everyone's up on, on board for me kind of hanging out with white supremacists and hanging out with ISIS dudes or whatever. But one thing I noticed was that the, uh, the far right compared to like 20 years ago had kind of absorbed multiculturalism in this like weird way so for instance you'd have indian australians or african australians like immigrants who were like evangelical christians and so passionate that they did not like muslims and then they would like form this like weird strange bedfellows like with white supremacists who didn't like muslims and they'd sort of be like using each other so the white supremacy go how come we're not racist. <laughs> we hang yeah. out with these brown people that hate Muslims, yeah. and then, yeah. and then, of course, and then the the weird, kooky evangelical Christians thought they were being like more normal and Australian by hanging out with white men. So it was like this insane thing, and like people did not like me, kind of because like people on the left, for instance, just liked it when it was simple. Let's pay out on the white supremacy. John, don't bring up this. It's just like too hard. Makes it too hard. So yeah, whenever I do things like that, 
I, I find that sometimes people just pretend I haven't written them. Yeah. Because it's just it's just too hard to deal yep. with. So mate, I will be buying the cookbook. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you on, oh, and we really no, look, we really look forward to seeing your uh, your speech or your talk today. Um, and mate, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. No, thank you. Thanks for listening to the official Khan in Cairns podcast powered by Acast, the world's largest independent podcast company. If you're interested in podcast advertising, contact Acast to get your brand in front of millions of engaged listeners today.